did we do the the time cop thing when you were here last where I maintain all the time or no? Uh I I was I don't I don't actually know what you're talking about. So maybe. <laughs> <laughs> From the Spec Network, this is Fragmented, an Android developer podcast where we talk about building good software and becoming better Android developers. I'm Don Felker. And I'm Kaushik Gopal. Welcome to the show. Okay, Kaushik, so what are we going to talk about today, man? All right, so Don, I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm actually a big uh, a magician buff in that I'm not a magician, no. but I'm very, very interested in magic. Like magic really interests me and intrigues me. Really? I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I love magic. I And well, for people who are interested, if you ever want suggestions on uh, stuff about magic, then let me know. I can send you some really cool suggestions on documentaries and movies. But uh, the important point is uh, one of our good friends gave uh, a presentation recently uh, about something very similar. So... We thought we'll get him on the show and like uh, magic is something that we are all interested about. So I want to talk about that. Yeah. So I think the I was actually at one of these presentations speaking with this individual and he spoke after I did and uh, it was a great presentation uh, and it's, I'm super stoked to have him on, actually have him on again. He was back on episode 26 and he's also been on our IO special as well. Uh, and with that, I think it's time to reintroduce uh, Israel. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me again. It's a pleasure to be here. Israel Federer Camacho. Did I get the order right this time? You got it right. Yes. Burrito pattern. <laughs> yes. <I'm... laughs> Let me explain you. Let me explain you guys. Yes. All right. So, uh, uh, Israel, why don't you tell us what is Smoke and Mirrors? Like, I love the title. It's a super catchy title. How does that apply to us in development and Android development? And wh why did you choose this name? So I choose this name uh, because uh, Adam Powell in the last Google I.O., he was giving the talk Recycler View Ins and Outs. And he started the, the talk by saying uh, that uh, UI developers had a lot in common with the stage magicians because we are usually doing tricks to make an application be really flawless and with a lot of uh, uh, really nice experiences. And... Uh, and that makes a lot of sense, right? If you think about Recycler View, mm -hmm. uh, you actually don't create as many as many views as items you have in the list. You actually really create the ones that you have that you need to fill the screen, and then you recycle them. That's right. That's right. And I I remember the early days for uh, the folks who started off with Recycler View. They may not know, like in the old List View, that was like the standard thing that we had to do, right? Because List View was used to be like super janky, and the UI used yeah. to like stutter like the recommendation uh, <laughs> uh i think it was Romain gee right he came up with the whole view holder thing and he told like hey you should just be using right. this view holder pattern and then everyone yep. defaulted to that and then google was like you know what we should just make this the default and they brought in the recycler view so yeah exactly yeah that, that's exactly what happened with list view and now we have recycler view which is a better version of it so one quick question that i had uh twitter as uh, people know, has like an infinite uh, uh, list view, right? Like that's the primary home screen of Twitter is essentially just like a list view. The timeline, yeah? Yeah, the timeline. Do you use like a recycler view? Are there any techniques that you use there that you think like would be interesting? Do you think that's something we'd cover? So actually it's not using still a recycler view, but we are working on, on using recycler view. As you can think, uh, uh, the code base is 
really big and those changes take a lot of time, but we are working on, on them. So, uh, yeah, what we, what we pretty much use is a list view and then we have a lot of, uh, a lot of tricks in order to not load anything when you are scrolling pretty much. Right, right, uh, right, right. And that's it. Yeah. So what are some of maybe some of the, ex- you know, speaking of smoke and mirrors and, you know, I've seen your presentation, I've been to it. What are some of maybe some of the examples that you have, you know, used in the past that kind of really made a big dent in in a UI that you've been building before? Is there anything that, like, if anyone's listening to this right now saying, hey, I would like to uh, add some some real polish to my app, what would be something you say someone could do to kind of to very easily or, or anything of that nature? Um, I think uh, it's really important to add to your application meaningful transitions so the user can... Uh, keep the context in between screens because when you have different activities or different screens and they come from nowhere and you don't know where what part is actually the one that you interacted with that transition to the transition to the new screen it's kind of uh, weird for the user so i would say you should start with those type of transitions in between the screens that keep the context definitely um and those are right, really simple to do because uh, you know one of the things that I talk in, in my in my presentation is some examples of smoke and mirrors in the Android framework. And one of the implementations that, that have in the Android framework a lot of smoke and mirrors is the share element transition itself. And uh, it's super easy to use too. Like uh, you can use the default one and it just works. What is that exactly? What is a shared, you know, for those folks that are just listening, they're just getting into this, what exactly is that and what does it do? So what happened is that the activity has an activity transition state uh-huh. uh, and that class has uh, all the persisting data needed for the transition, for transitioning the views from the origin to the destination screen. Mm-hmm. And uh, that activity transition state has uh, two transition coordinators, one for exiting and the other one for entering. And both of them use a transition manager, which is the transition manager in, this, in, in the in the Android framework. And the transition manager, um, what pretty much does is uh, the, the destination activity goes to transparent. It shows the the transition elements from the other screen, and then it makes the new screen to appear. Uh, and they use uh, the default, for example, uses the view overlay, which is really interesting uh, because the view overlay was added on API level 18, and uh, it's a transitional. Um, it's a class. It's an overlay above the view, a transparent layer, and you can add any content, any visual content, view or drawables, and that that's like perfect for animations. If you want to do any type of transition, uh, that that's your best friend uh, because it, it sits on the top of everything. So whatever you are animating, it's already drawing on the top of everything. So now, it, how does this how does this look from if you were to explain it visually? Is this something that's does something slide in? Does something fade in, or or do you define that yourself? Um, so what happened is uh, when y- you have to actually call, uh, the, you have to get the view overlay from some views. So for example, let's let's imagine we have a linear layout with an image view, mm-hmm. and uh, what we have a bunch of image views. But one of the image views is clicked by the user, right? And we want to make that appear full screen, right? So when you when the user clicks that image view, one of them, what you're gonna do is linear layout, get get overlay, and add this image view. When you do that, what happens is that image view, it's moved to the overlay, which means it's gonna be on the top of everything, 
and that will invalidate the rectangle on the linear layout, but it will be on the top drawing, so it will be great for the transition to full screen because there is this issue uh, that there is elevation between elements, so doing animations, there is that, there is the bound, you can be bound to the parent so you cannot draw outside. So by using the view overlay, you just override all of that and it's just great for animations. So is it almost like an invisible sort of cache that you plop on the top of your screen and somehow like you just keep adding elements there and then the framework just understands that, okay, I'm moving to the screen. I see this thing in my cache that looks similar to this thing uh, because like, you know, the developers told me like, this is how I map elements. And then it just does the auto transition. So what uh, it's a, yes, it's a temporary overlay. Uh, it could be, you just have to use it for transitioning. It, it doesn't have to be something permanent or it will be, uh, who knows, prefer, uh, destroy or uh, clear by the by the framework. Uh, so I don't I don't know exactly the I didn't actually dive into view overlay uh, because it goes deep into the into the view uh, implementation. So I don't know exactly, but it's perfect for temporary. If you leave it there for a long time, uh, at some point it's gonna just look weird or disappears, things like that. So it's a, <laughs> a temporary wi uh, window on the top. So you mentioned this was API 18. Is the view, is that only the transition manager or does the view overlay also exist before API 18? Like, can I use this for 16, like uh, for min 15 or 16 applications? No, view, view overlay is only available 18 and above. So, uh, well, yeah. okay, we got to like start bugging Google to like bring like uh, <laughs> a view overlay compat of sorts. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yes, they probably can do that for sure. But I mean, you can still do that yourself. And and I mean, this is the this is just used for transitions. But if you use the share element uh, transition uh, that oh, okay. uh, Android supports, then uh, you can create your own transition, your own custom transition, and that will take advantage of of the transition manager and and that uh, uh, that framework that I was talking before. Now we talked a lot about it. There's a lot of complex things we just kind of went over in the last few minutes. If someone were to want to see this in action, have you developed this in, in any app or is it in any app that you've been part of at all that someone could see it? So I wish because Twitter, uh, I mean, SDK is 16. Okay. Uh, so, so not in Twitter, but um, uh, for the talk, uh, I created a sample, uh, a Google Photos-like uh, sample. Because I really like Google Photos. It's one of my favorite gallery experiences, period. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah. So I was, you know, for a long time, I was like, how did they pull off that experience, right? And uh, by investigating that, I got into view overlay and all this stuff. Um, so in the sample app that uh, I created for my talk, uh, they can they can see how I use view uh, overlay. All right. And this sample app is at github.com slash Ralat slash Smoke and Mirrors. Let me check. Yeah, I think so. Yep. Yep. You got it. All right. So that's, we will add a link to that in the show notes so uh, folks can have a look at it. Uh, just to quickly step back a little, you said you you like Google Photos. It's one of your more yeah. favorite uh, apps in terms of the like, gallery experience. Can you tell us exactly like uh, and like some examples of what you think are really nice? I really like uh, the way they show the images. The, it's a grid, and then you have like three zoom levels, and you can pinch the zoom, uh, and you and the user is the one handling that transition. It's not like a an automatic transition. It's just your pinch to zoom the one that is handling the t the tempo 
of that transition, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that is great. Uh, and uh, I don't know, it's really simple to use. You know, that's, that's one oh, of yeah. those simple experiences that just works, right? Right, right. It's not too complicated, but at the same time, like it does some really cool stuff. Because yeah. people usually uh, say like simple is not easy, right? Like simple is what you want, but simple does not necessarily mean easy. Like, you know, simple can be very right. complex. Uh, well, maybe I'm getting that wrong, but simple can be very <laughs> difficult no, make to pull it, off. No, make it, that in, and it happens for us too as developers, right? When we try to do a class, we're so smart that we make the class so complex and it does everything <laughs> that we need. But then when you, when you go back one week later, it's like, okay, how oh, God, was yeah. this working actually? Yeah. <laughs> right. And then we try to simplify by creating, you know, many, many classes with just one thing. So you're, you know, by the name, you can, you can cope the, the idea of that class. Right. So it, it's in general, it's not simple to create simple things. Which kind of circles us back to like the whole smoke and mirrors thing. It may not be simple, but sometimes we're kind of doing something that seems like it's complex, but it's actually, again, like a smoke and mirror magician trick. Yeah, exactly. Is um, what, you know, inside the Google Photos app, do you know of any of those that are, that they're done? Or even in your example that you've built, how how are you able to to implement some of those cool transitions uh, to, to simulate these things? And what are they? Yeah, so before starting with that, you're right. Like, sometimes we just don't do some transitions or experiences because we think are too complex to implement. Mm-hmm. But then when when you actually take a look at them in a in a in a different way, you realize that they are not actually perfect, but they just work because our eyes are not perfect either, right? Mm-hmm. Um so anyway. Yeah so you said you know I like it's difficult for our eyes to catch these transitions, right? How did you catch the transition for Google Photos? Like I mean how did you do that? Right. So thankfully we have developer options. and uh, I mean the one that helps you most in this case uh, is uh, there are two of them transition animation scale and animator duration scale Mm -hmm. those you can make make them really really slow 10 times slower and with that suddenly all the transitions uh, are slower and then you see what is the actual smoke emitters if they are fading in fading out in the middle of the transition or if they are actually just hiding that icon to show another one but it's since it's so fast you don't actually relies on normal speed right so that's one of the things that helps you to figure out what is going on and another thing uh is show layout boundaries interesting that's really that's really helpful for especially for figuring out if there is any misalignment in your ui Mm -hmm. but that helps you too and especially in web photos helped me because that pretty much show the trick for Google Photos uh, because you can see you can see the the visible views that are not actually rendering anything in the screen but you can see the boundaries of them so then is when you realize what is going on right oh interesting so you're saying uh, with Google Photos you were able to see the boundary of something that was not visible but, be- but exactly. because you saw the boundaries you knew okay they're doing some they're doing like yep. some magic sleight of hand or something here yeah and and, and when uh when you share this uh, podcast in the slides, there is a video that actually shows that. So it will be interesting to people for people to to check it out. We'll do. We'll do. You were saying with Google Photos, uh, what are like some of like the specific things that uh, examples and how do they pull it off? So if you could take us through that, that would be pretty cool. Right. So when you enable those developer options that I was talking about, you suddenly, if you try to do pinch and pinch and zoom, and you go to the next layer, 
mm-hmm. uh, you, suddenly, you suddenly, in the middle of that animation, see another recycler view with the uh, destination size of that new zoom level that appears. Oh, that's and, oh, damn. Okay, <laughs> so you can see the you see the, the the view overlays then, right? Is what you're seeing? Yeah. No, it's not the view overlay. It's a, another recycler view actually. I'm sorry. I mean, you can actually see the outline of the views is what I'm saying. And yeah, exactly. S- exactly. Yes. So you can see they made another recycler view visible, but without any, 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 content. To sh- any content to show, right? Yeah. And then in the middle of the transition from that uh, initial recycler view, there is a fade in, fade out to the destination image. <laughs> nice. If you do that without uh, the 10 times slower animation, you just don't see that. It just looks perfect for you, right? You know, I looked at it right now because for folks who want to follow along, open the Google Photos app. And then hopefully if you've taken a bunch of photos, the gallery obviously looks really nice. And what I think Israel is talking about is if you pinch and zoom, as I'm doing right now, automatically it seems magical. Like suddenly the sizes move, but the gallery shifts to like uh, an equivalent size. Like somehow it seems like it magically does the calculation, right? And... uh, I still can't see it. Like if I don't have like this, like now that I'm very, very carefully, like, you know, pinching like... uh, Very slowly, right? Very slowly, I'm able to see it. Like, you (laughs) know, I can see some of my other pictures like showing up like as like slowly fading in. Damn, that is smart. That is really smart. But that's like like a magic trick. Like when somebody tells you how it's done, then you pay more attention those points in time that actually show the trick. But the, the trick is so fast that you normally won't see them, right? For sure, for sure. Yeah, and, it, and it's crazy. They do a, such a good job at it in the Photos app that even the the lines between the photos, they line them up perfectly before they start fading out to the next recycler view. Wow. Yeah, I didn't notice that too. Because it's, yeah, it seems that's that's probably why it seems so perfectly, mm-hmm. like, you know, it's, it seems like almost it's flawless. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the trick. And it's complex because you have different images with different sizes. Mm-hmm. The first zoom level is the same. They are all square. But then when you zoom zoom in for the first level, uh, they change this to the real uh, aspect ratio. So yeah. that that gets complicated. My sample was easier. It was all square. So I, I didn't have to <laughs> so, but, but it was just a sample, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> Proof of concept. We let it as, exactly. uh, like, <laughs> uh, as an exercise for the readers. Yeah, this is... Uh, pre- and I mean, speed, for folks who haven't worked with aspect ratios and images... Uh, it's a nightmare. It is not easy. You know, it, it's because uh, my previous application <laughs> dealt with it and aspect ratios can be different. And if you get photos like from different sources, so like different phones that take different camera resolutions, you get like a DSLR picture in there. Like, And making all those work together is uh, it's way more difficult than you would expect. <laughs> Well, I mean, let's let's talk about that for a second. You at, at wedding party, you dealt with a ton of of images. What were some of the of the tricks that you used to kind of create these effects, or, or you know, provided a smoke and mirrors type of um, implementation, or did you use any? Yeah. So one uh, example where you typically want to use like a smoke and mirrors effect is uh, we wanted to make it seem like our app was super snappy and fast, like even at uploading. So what we used to do is. Uh, when a user says, hey, upload my picture, right? So there are two things that you can do, right? So one is you can say, well, okay, upload, done, boom. And then because it was like a local picture that you've taken in your timeline or whatever, you can just show the local uh, image, right? So it seems like everything's just done. And in the background, you have your machines like churning and then basically trying to upload the image 
making sure that it's in the server. And then at a later point, the trick was to swap it out with the server image uh, without the user seeing. So typically what we would do is like when you go off the viewport, right? So when you're scrolling in your list, we'll swap the image with the server image the next time you come back. So then uh, it maintains the source of truth. So that was one thing that I remember we did. The other really like easy one, but it's like more of a social hack of sorts is as soon as you say, okay, I've clicked my picture and I say upload, uh, typically, at least in our application, we would want uh, the pictures to be classified in albums, right? So we'd say, hey, pick an album where you want to like post this image. And what we'll do is like, we'll show the dialogue for saying pick the album, but in the background, we'll start uploading the image anyway to our servers, right? Uh, yeah. And then what would happen is you say, okay, I've picked my image. Because sometimes like users are like, oh, should I put it in this album? Should I put it in that album? <laughs> and so that gives us time. And like in the meantime, boom, <laughs> we're done uploading the image, right? And so when they pick the album, we'll send a single it, uh, rest request. And that happens really fast because they're, you know, uploading uh, binary data, right? So it's just like a single request. So that happens really fast. So any metadata that the user provides us at a later point, we'll apply on top of that uh, image as a subsequent request, right? So mm-hmm. th- basically the users would think like this, like we did some like magic thing where like our uploads were like super fast, right? <laughs> so it would seem like it's super fast. Now, again, this comes with a caveat, like all this sounds like you can do this as in the happy path. This is brilliant, right? Like this works amazingly well. But you have to be careful because for some reason, if the upload fails mm-hmm. and then the information doesn't go through, then you're in trouble. So like that's where like all of these things become really tricky, right? Because handling the edge cases where like where you're trying to be like a little smart, but then well, like what, for example, the upload of the image went through and then the user picks an album, but then that album information didn't go through, right? Yeah. So those are like certain edge cases where like that's when like, you know, the real like sort of uh, trick comes in. But that's like one trick that uh, we used to use. And for the aspect ratio stuff, like the cropping and all that, like we had to do like a whole bunch of uh, tricks. For example, we used to upload the image and then force it to an aspect ratio that we thought in the early days, we used to force it to an aspect ratio that we thought was, uh, that, you know, was reasonable, like for all devices. But then later on, obviously, uh, I mean, that's kind <laughs> of like a hack, right? <laughs> As yeah. like you start to like work in your application and more people start using it, you want to be a little better than that. So, <laughs> so then we had to like do, do a whole lot of uh, tricks to sort of like get it to work. One interesting thing is uh, and this is you know this is like a nice question to ask like as an interview it's 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 a simple it's not too difficult but it's like you know it requires a little thought so if you want to show images as like a full width right so aspect ratios can be all over the place but when you show and i think twitter also probably does this uh obviously they you guys must be doing it really well but if you show the image on your timeline, you want to stretch it across the width of your phone, right? Yeah. But then mm-hmm. those aspect ratios are like all over the place. So the heights yeah. are going to be completely different. So no, you can say, oh, I'll just use Picasso and like, you know, like load it. Yeah, sure. You can do that. But you know what's going to happen if the image doesn't load in time? You'll have a flash. And that's the worst, right? Yep. So like when you load an image in your list view and it flashes, uh-uh. That like that. Okay. So then we know like this developer did not have time or like built this application over like a night, right? So there are like a whole bunch of other tricks that we have to do. So what we used to do, at least in our end, is like on the server side, we'll have the the aspect ratio dimensions. And so when the image comes down, even if the image doesn't download in time, we at least know the uh, dimensions of that image, right? So we'll we'll show the dimensions of that image with the placeholder and then just fill the image in so it doesn't flash out of place. So Yeah, we exactly actually do the same. We get uh, the size from the server and we even get the crop data from the server too. So if oh. we need to crop it, we know how to crop it, right? 
Wow. Yeah. Now, what do you do? You did you guys do anything? And I think Instagram does this, or a few photo apps do. Do you guys do anything about downloading a very small version of the file and then scaling it up so it looks kind of faded or pixelated, so folks think the picture's there, and then while, when it finally downloads, you fade it in, or or, or anything like that? That's another great smoke emitters. <laughs> um, and uh, so I don't know exactly how that works. Again, it's timeline, and I'm actually working on the moments team. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure we do some kind of those downscaling for sure. I I mean I'm I'm sure because we do it in moments, and that's probably mean that probably means that that comes from from the timeline too. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, we have downscale sizes, and uh, we try. I don't know how the internals work though. Uh, if we download them first, I mean I know what Facebook does, which is kind of incredible. They kind of hack it the the file format. <laughs> oh, I to get, uh, the blurry, the blurry weird image that actually only has similar colors, but nothing yeah. else, right? <laughs> but not, not even that. You can just do something as simple when you're loading the, the tweets or something. Uh-huh. Uh, you just show like an image, uh, like a great background for the format of the tweet. And that, that, for example, makes the user think that things are loading faster, right? Because they are seeing the, the layout of that tweet. Yeah, Facebook does this all the time too. Like if you see in their exactly, website, yeah. uh, they'll show like even like a fake timeline with like some like gray lines as like where the text yeah. would go and then they just fill it in. <laughs> yeah, they do a good job at that actually. Yeah. And so does Slack does that too sometimes when you start up Slack. If you notice on the desktop oh, app. Oh, interesting. When you when you first start it up and it's loading and if you have like 8,000 Slacks like I do uh, <laughs> and you click on one of them, like it'll just show like the channels or whatever. They'll kind of just have these like little bars right there where the text is. And then as soon as it knows what the text is, then it just changes it to that text. Oh, nice. That's but yeah, great. it's just one of those things where it's it's not really doing anything hardcore, but it, it's one of those smoke and mirrors types of things where it just gives the perception that something is happening. Yep, definitely. We used to do it old school, like at Wedding Party, where we would have multiple versions of the images. So once the user uploads the image in the background, we used to run like a background job on our server that generates multiple versions of this image. And then on the app, we would pull the relevant image as and when we think it might be required. Uh, but I believe these days there are actually like services that do this, right? Uh, there are like third party services where you can say, just upload the original and then you just hit their APIs and say, I want this version of this the size, image, yeah, yeah, this size, and it just like sends it down yeah. to you. That actually pretty much what happened with Twitter. For some of these things, though, for making the the user think that there's something happening in the background or to make it appear that, hey, we're uploading images much quicker than we actually are, you know, because of these tricks that you're doing, you did mention there are situations that you run into, like the upload fails. When that has happened for either of you, have you guys resorted to using queuing systems like tape or anything like that? Yeah, yeah, we we have a job scheduler to for those things. Yeah, and we tried we did try it, but uh, I mean it's complicated in in situation with the slow networks. For example, it's super difficult those things, right? Especially in applications that are so heavy in data. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you use job scheduler and this is the like job scheduler, job scheduler, like from. <laughs> no, it's not the job scheduler, job scheduler. It's the, the one from Evernote. Oh, oh, so one, one job, one, it's called one something, right? Yeah, we, we, we have a wrapper, so we, we will, we'll change it in the future. <laughs> now it's called job scheduler. <laughs> and in oh. the future, we, we hopefully swipe uh, the libraries and it works out for us. Uh, yeah. It's called Android job. Sorry. Evernote's Android job. We'll add a link to that in the show notes. Uh, but that's basically the, it's a really good library. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it works. 
So let's get into some more of the weeds of this, uh, of how we can maybe implement some more smoke and mirror type of tricks. And I think maybe the best way to do that is, is I've, I've been looking at your presentation and you mentioned in there uh, a couple of important attributes that you talk about. And, and one is clip children. Would you mind talking about what clip children is, how you would use it and why you would use it? Yeah. So here's the thing that happens usually sometimes in your development day. You are doing something with a recycler view or with a really complex hierarchy and some of the views got cut and you're like, why is not showing? Why is not showing the whole view, right? And most of the times it's because, you know, by default, views cannot, they, they are bound to the parent view, right? So they cannot draw outside the, the parent. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense for the default behavior, but sometimes we don't want that. And uh, you can change that by setting clip children to false. So that was one of the attributes that uh, I was uh, surprised that not everybody knew uh, about it. Do you have an example where this is uh, done? Where you, yeah. Yeah. Where you actually show it bigger and then like... Uh, yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I have uh, on, the, on the slides, there's an example and I'm, where, where I just trying to move uh, an image view that it's inside a frame layout to the bottom right. And since the parent, since the clip children is default to true, I'm not able to draw outside, right? So what I had to do is pretty much set the clip children to false in all the parents. You have to do it in all the parents, otherwise you are going to be bounded to all, to the following parents too. Oh, interesting. So it's done on the parent. In all the parents, yeah, all the view groups. It's an attribute only for view groups, yeah. And I think you you wrote a a utility that's in your slides too, where you actually loop through all of the yeah. uh, get parent right, and you walk the, the walk the path, the view tree. Yeah, it's a super simple utility method. I was, I mean, I was doing the sample and I was doing these uh, examples for the the talk, and I was like, I just don't want to do it manually. <laughs> so I did the, <laughs> the method and just the for loop, really really simple one. Um, and for the clip padding, the clip padding keeps happening over and over with list view and and uh, and uh, recycler views, uh, where you add a padding on the on the recycler view or something, yeah. and, and then suddenly the last view or the first view gets cut. Oh man, I've, like, I've run into this so many times. Yeah, <laughs> right. I run into this many times. That's why I know about these uh, parameters. So so clip padding, if you set it to false, uh, then the, the 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 child well yes the child of the uh, of the recycler view is able to draw uh, above the padding and then you don't have those views cut. What do we know why that happens? Is it is it just an implementation detail or is it a bug or what? I mean, if I think it makes sense, right? If you are adding a, a padding, you just don't want anything to be over it, right? So you mm-hmm. have to actually be proactive and set it to false in order to draw over the padding. Otherwise, okay. the padding will just not be it will never be uh, respected by any video, right? Yeah, I think I'm just, I'm in more in reference to your, to the, I think it was the list view comment about the last item in the list view. Um, yeah, I think it's just because if you are a padding, then it's just, uh, maybe it's a bug. I don't know. Okay, yeah. Wasn't sure. Are there any other like attributes that you, like you think we should cover at this point? Um, yeah, so there is a, another attribute with this, uh, I'm going to try to pronounce it right, but, it maybe doesn't happen. Uh, it's a pivot, right? Pivot, pivot, something like that. The the friends, you know, the friends uh, episode where uh, Rose tries to take out the couch from the storage. Yeah. Pivot. Yeah. Pivot. 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 Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! 
So yeah, so I have uh, some difficulties pronouncing that word. Anyway, so pi- uh, pivot is used for uh, scaling and rotating. Oh, interesting. Uh, and by default, it's set on the center of the view. So that will be okay for a image view, for a single view. But when you do, when you try to scale a recycler view, which is the case for the Google Photos, right? Mm-hmm. If you do that, then the scaling is going to be on all directions from the center. And it's going it, to, that's not the sum that we want. What we want is sum from the uh, top uh, left and then going to the uh, uh, scaling to the uh, right and down. And that's why we have to set the pivot on on zero zero. Now that that does that have to do with anything with the the animations too? How how the animation kind of fades in or anything of that nature? It just will look yeah, out of place. I mean, what happened is when you pinch the zoom, you are expecting everything to move uh, bigger, and that means everything moving to the uh, right and down. Because mm. if the if if the scaling is done from the center, what is going to happen is just everything is going to grow, but we don't want that. We want the one that we are pinching and zooming to scale uh, from that same position, and uh, and then we fade in to the second recycler view, right? Okay. And that's that's uh, important in general for any type of scale or rotation. And I think to this kind of perfectly segues into another talking point that you had at your presentation, and that was you, you mentioned something about using fast animations. Um, yeah. Why would someone want want to do that in in this case or in any case? Yeah, so yeah, that's because our our eyes are really really bad. <laughs> and, I hear you. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, minds are not sharp at all. <laughs> so so uh, no, but really, like uh, fast enough animation hide uh, not perfect implementations of those type of things. Like Google Photos, right? They have a trick. But our eyes weren't unable to see it, it happen because it was fast enough, right? The pinch to zoom is fast enough. Unless you are actually looking for the trick, then you try to do it slow, 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 right? All right, right. Um, so fast enough, um, fast enough uh, uh, transitions or animations, uh, they will look good enough for us. Uh, and there is an example on the Twitter app, actually. Uh, we have the floating uh, action button, right? Mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. fab. The, the the legendary fab uh, and yeah. uh, and um, so when you swipe between the mention screen and the DMs, the fab actually rotates and in the middle of the animation changes the icon. And uh, if you do it, if you try to do it right now, mm-hmm. as I'm talking about it, uh, you will think, oh, it's perfect. It looks like they are actually changing the shape or something, and it's actually it's not it's not. It's just if you make the animator 10 times slower in your device, you will see that in the middle of the rotation, we're mm-hmm. just swapping the icon. <laughs> it's kind of shameful that I say yeah, it, but I'm that's, that's it. Yeah. what happens. And, but, but it looks good for us because what I said, yeah. our eyes are not awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are just okay. Uh, and and that's, that's one of the lessons learned, that anything fast enough will look good enough. I mean, it makes sense. This is... Oh wow! <laughs> now that I look at it, like these things, like you know, it's I'm sorry. it's it's exactly like magic. Like you know, the once the how a magic trick is revealed, which is why the best magicians never reveal their tricks. But as developers, it's actually the opposite, right? <laughs> we always I mean, we want to learn, right? We want to share and learn uh, from more people. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If it, it, it's so funny that you talk about it, like now when I look at it, I'm like, wow, that looks like that looks like a funky transition that they did. But yeah, now that I know it's like swapped, <laughs> it's like pretty cool. <laughs> now it's going to be a shame forever. 
No, no, I think it's pretty cool. I think it's like, you know, it's like a, a silent trick that we'll know ourselves as developers, as Android developers would know. And then we can go impress the designers and saying, look, what we pulled off. Exactly. Yeah, that <laughs> happens a lot that the designers usually, uh, most of the times they send you a static mock. Right, right. And, yeah. And that's so difficult. Well, no, it's not difficult, but it puts the responsibility of the animations and motions in, in the developer, right? Right, right. And so with this talk, I just wanted to, you know, show developers that they can actually do animations and they are cheaper than than they may think. Right, right, right. Anyway, so another of the lessons, the second part of the world photos is the when you try to go from an item to a full screen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, tell us right. about that. So yeah. that one has another trick. Uh, this is not, that's, that's all a single activity, right? Because... In uh, shared element transitions, you can the user can control the the transition, right? It's just an automatic transition. So that means that they are doing it all everything on a single activity, and they are keeping the the screens, the back stack screen somehow, right? Anyway, so when you try to zoom in from the last zoom level to the full screen, if you make it slow enough, and you will see that they are actually keeping the item on the recycler view, and they just have a lo an overlay. They're probably using, I don't know exactly what they're using, but it looks like they're using the view overlay because there is the duplicate view for a second and then it just goes to full screen and then looks like they swap it uh, to the real oh, container of that image. Yeah. And you can see that on my videos too. Uh, yeah. Oh, so okay. so yeah. they use probably view overlay. I, 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 I did uh, use view overlay on my sample and it just works great. So, uh, yep. So fake it until you make it pretty much. Uh, and that's uh, the same idea for what we were saying about looking, we, you know, it looks for the user that we are uploading the image fast, but we are not. We're just showing them the local image, right? Until we finally upload it. And so that's important. We can, we can fake it. We can fake it. And then if it fails, then we'll figure out how to message <laughs> that. But, <laughs> but, yeah. but uh, the experience looks just great. Oh, this is so good. So basically, uh, just so I understand, like with Google Photos, like uh, what you just mentioned, essentially what you're saying is the penultimate level. So it's like the level before you actually click the image into full screen. Uh, exactly. if, if you expand the image, which I'm doing now, and you're totally right. And I try to like, uh, like and I try to like squeeze the image back in. So A, there are two things. One is like the photo transitions to a full screen. And what you're saying is that isn't like another activity. It's the same activity. So they're basically just having like one view, like probably the same image view or like something show up right in front of that. Uh, yeah, and you, in front and of you the see, whole. yeah. And when you're transitioning, if you are doing the transition with the pinch to zoom rather than the click, mm -hmm. uh, you will see that there is the one that you are actually touching with your fingers mm -hmm. uh, is a copy of the original one. In the original position, there is still that item there, that image. Ah, uh, there's it, an empty space. It's that, it's, yeah, it's empty. It's so a it difficult looks like one. you're plucking it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have to do it like uh, really, 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 really slow and then it shows. Mm -hmm. So I'm pretty sure they're probably using a view overlay for that transition and then swapping that uh, image to the final container view group. To go the other point, the other way, if you did want something a little more straightforward and you wanted like transition, then this is like relatively easy to do, right? So if you transition to a new activity and then use this as like a shared element, yeah. then that's like straightforward to do. That's but this, super straightforward, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But this is like, this is like adding a little more polish, I imagine, right? 
Yeah, that's the thing that we are missing on the shared element transitions. The fact that the the user can control the transition with a touch. That's the thing that we're missing. Once uh, that they are able to implement that on the framework, that will be amazing because that will allow us to use different activities for screens. And at the same time, the user will be handling the tempo of that transition with a touch. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, this is so interesting. Uh, just like, to give uh, uh, folks an idea, like I know many of these transitions are like relatively easy to pull off on iOS. Uh, at least that's yeah. what like the developers tell me. And so a lot of this is just like baked into these things. And people keep saying, oh, you can't do animations on Android. That's not true. Like as you can see with Oralit's example, it totally is uh, possible. The only difference is a lot of this has to currently be done manually by us. But I mean, you know, it, it's still possible. And hopefully at some point, like these just become easier altogether, right? Yeah, I mean, um, yes. So what I was saying is uh, iOS actually allows that. They have those transitions between screens and the user can control uh, those transitions with the touch, right. which we right. are not able to do in Android. The way we can do it in Android is with a single activity, right? And handling all the touch listeners and all the complexity. It's more complex, it's more difficult, but we, you can do it in Android for sure. All right. So those are certain tricks that we have talked about. Is there anything else you think like uh, we should be looking at uh, projects as such? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so check uh, Plate Project from Nick Butcher. That's uh, probably the best example of motion and animation, meaningful motion and animation. And if you don't know it, you should because it's just great. Uh, Nick did a really good job on that. Yeah, I think that's... Uh, my main ex- inspiration, actually. Very cool. Exactly. And, th- and we're speaking of, of animations, and I think it's important to understand when to use animations. And we actually spoke to uh, Michael Wolfson back in episode 30 in regards to material design for, for Android developers. And he talks a lot about when we should be using animations and when we should not be using it. And actually, another hat tip to him right now is at DroidCon, he... Uh, made a presentation around certain material design concepts and mentioned just a small attribute in passing, which is actually has a huge impact uh, on a lot of apps. And that is the attribute that you can throw on like a linear layout or whatever. And it's called animate layout changes. And you just set that to true or false. And if you add a view or remove a view, it will automatically animate it out or animate it in. And if you you know, and vice versa. Uh, and you don't have to do any of the extra work. It's just super powerful with just one line of code. Um, be aware that you need to apply it to the proper view group. So if it's going to be a relative layout or the, the child view group or whatever, make sure you're applying it to the right one so you can get those animations. And that's literally like a single XML attribute that you add, right, Don? Yep. Yeah, it's just one one XML attribute. And that's compatible to version one? Or? No, I am not sure. It goes... It goes pretty early i think but that is a good question i know it doesn't break <laughs> you don't have to so yeah it, yeah hopefully yeah. it doesn't break it just doesn't do anything yeah, yeah that makes sense yeah oh 11 yeah that's what it looks like yeah 11 so hopefully our listeners yep. have min sdk greater than 14 or even 15 at this point right? yeah hopefully otherwise it should change ups <laughs> otherwise forget the animations work on that first <laughs> exactly <laughs> work, on, <laughs> work on getting your min sdk up first and then we can talk about adding animations yeah i don't think devices at that level can actually run anything so <laughs> oh that is true that's true israel we cannot thank you enough this was it was so much fun uh speaking to you as is always the case uh We'll add a link to your presentation. Is uh, Do we have a video for your presentation out yet? Uh, no, the video is coming. I will share that with you when it's ready. 
All right. Or people should follow you on Twitter. Yep. Uh, where you also happen to work. <laughs> and you will let everyone know when that comes out. So, uh, yeah, if people want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Through Twitter is the best way, definitely. All right. Perfect. And Don, if folks want to reach out to you, what's the best way to do that? You can reach me on Twitter at Don Felker. And what about you, Kaushik? Uh, I am Kaushik Gopal on Twitter. That's it for the show, folks. Fragmented is hosted by Don Felker and me, Kaushik Gopal. We edit all of the Fragmented episodes ourselves. The amazing Sarah from Spec helps us with production assistance and wraps our final mix. Our theme music and ad music is produced by the cool cat, Alan Taylor. You can find more episodes of the show on Pocket Casts, Google Play Music, or any of the other great podcast players in town. Our website is fragmentedpodcast.com, and you can find the links to all the stuff we say on our website. Thank you all for listening, and we will catch you in the next episode. Israel, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for your good work on Twitter. Yeah, thank you. My pleasure, guys. Thank you. See ya.